This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of what I hope is becoming your favorite show, Seeking Profit. My name is Emil, and I'm joined, as always, with Andrew. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Doing real good. I have a random question for you to start this episode off that I have not told you ahead of time. So You have not. I have not Go told on. you this. It is nearing the end of the year for us as we record this, and I don't know about you, I always write down things I want to do, or at least think of things I want to do at the beginning of the year. Some of them happen, some of them don't. What is something that you thought you were going to do or told yourself you were going to start doing this year, resolution or goal or whatever, that just didn't happen? Exercise consistently, but that I feel like that's everyone or all of the other out of shape people uh, listening. Um, and I think the other one was actually market. And I maybe started at the end of the year, but uh, I was able to find every excuse possible to not market. Market lasso? <laughs> market lasso, me, Circa lasso, but yeah. Well, at least Just we... hit away in a dark room. <laughs> I know. Every every time I, I poke and I prod you, I'm like, dude, you got to be posting on Twitter more regularly. You're like, I know, but I would just rather be locked up in my my office coding or something. <laughs> I started doing conversations and stuff. And, and honestly, I think you get more followers just chatting on Twitter than you do trying to like post some esoteric like oh that that was brilliant that that sentence that you wrote you know just chatting works <laughs> you get more good conversations that way for sure like that's how you get some dms going which dude all the value is in in the dms it's not in oh my god i i didn't realize until like years after twitter and then all like the dms were great everyone wants to chat and everyone's super helpful yeah that's what you realize like a lot of this community it's like People actually, you know, it's funny because the SEO community doesn't feel like this. Like they're always just like shit posting and hating on people and saying you're wrong. I'm better. Here's why. But like people starting sites, niche sites, whatever, building, building brands, like for the most part, pretty supportive and like helping each other and a pretty positive community, I would say. I, I was literally going to say, yeah, that the culture of like the Twitter creator community is, is awesome. Yes. Everyone like promotes their thing, but not like shamelessly, like tastefully. And everyone's like, yeah, man, you're killing it with your numbers. Or I love that thing you did. Or you have a typo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get into this episode. I'm, I'm super excited about this one. This is something I've actually wanted to like post online about because I know everyone has like different criteria. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about our checklist for selecting niches. And so we're going to switch off. You do one, I do one. And I'm going to let you take the floor for the first one. What is like one of the things a site must or a niche must meet for you to, to go out and like 
register a domain and get started with it. So uh, should I start with the, the controversial one? You know, this is yes. one I feel like everyone talks about to wit's end. Uh, I think you need to choose something that you are either already knowledgeable about, have some experience in, or are interested in. And I say that, I'll wrap it in the disclaimer, that um, if you don't know anything about it, I think you're at a competitive disadvantage because there will be somebody who is knowledgeable. And so they're starting from a higher point. If you have some experience, like say you're a plumber, you know, it just is like intrinsically easier for you to, to build that. Or if you're interested in it, because as we discussed in a previous episode, year one, two, and probably three will bring you very little income. So you need to be able to go the distance. And if it's about, I don't know, uh, slippers with animals on them, uh, I don't know if you can do five years of that. That's my number one. I had that as well. I think it's like everyone says that. I, and I think you hit it on the head in terms of like, it doesn't necessarily need to be something you're passionate about, but it needs to be something that you are at least interested in or know about. Because otherwise I just don't like, if, especially if you're hiring writers, like how do you know what they're writing is good? You can check it. Like how do you know they're not, it's not like complete garbage. How can you help writers get better, give them feedback. Like for me, I create all of my content briefs before I send it to a writer. I know a lot of people don't. So for me, that's like, you know, one differentiator, especially people who start publishing a lot. Like they just send topics to writers, but I, I do the brief. So like, if I know nothing about this or I'm not like going to spend the time to research it or whatever, I'm just going to have terrible briefs, which will translate into garbage articles. And you're not going to have like, like aha moments where you're like, oh, we should do that. Cause like no one's right. doing that or no one really, you know, uh, in personal finance, M1 came out and they had like these pies that you can invest your money in. You know, you make your own pie. It's a pizza place where you make your own pie. <laughs> you know, like automatically yeah. invests. And, uh, because I, I love personal finance. I was like, oh, let's do portfolios, like the Yale portfolio, the coffee portfolio, the golden butterfly. And like this like little sub-niche kind of blew up. But I feel like if you don't really care, you're not thinking about it, you're not, you're not going to come up with those things. And I think those exist in, in, in like the pet space, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. My main site, I don't really partake in it. I'm interested in it. I used to... Uh, I used to like, it's a, another sports site. I used to play it for a very short period of time, but like I have friends and I know people who love it. And so like, you know, in I, I, that's like my proxy for me being super interested or whatever. Like I can always hit them up and ask them like, hey, what are 20 things you've Googled about this recently or you've been thinking about or is, you know, been driving you nuts or like whatever it is. So at the very least, it's like, you know, do you have people around you who are like super interested in it, who can also feed you ideas or whatever it may be? Yeah. Like they might be just talking about it and you as a fly in the wall, just, you know, catch it or because you're an outsider, but interested, maybe you right. see the non-obvious thing because everyone's looking in the same direction. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll throw one in here. This is actually my, my number one. I had it kind of buried in the list, but I moved it up to number one. <clears throat> To me, it's that the audience spends money in this area. 
so I showed on another episode, like a start, I set it from scratch. Like we saw the RPMs right now it's doing decent. It's like 25 bucks, but it's like the best part of the year. Like, I don't think it's going to stay at $25. I think it'll go back down sub 20 when we're like off season. Other side is like 30 to 35 year round and more like during on season. And it's because it's an audience that like is very interested in this topic. They spend money on gear and equipment and getting better and all this stuff. And so like, to me, that was a huge light bulb. And so like, you know, you know, the site I just started recently, it's another area where the people who are searching for this stuff, they spend a ton, ton of money in. So for me, it's like, that's going to lead to good affiliate articles we can write. That means advertisers are going to want to get in front of them um, and drive my RPMs up. So for me, that's like, that's number one. Does the audience spend money in this area? And you're saying like, when you say area, you mean like in the niche, like if you, if you were talking about cars, you know, people spend money on their cars, new wheels, new seats, whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. I, mean, I was like, trying look, to think. Look at Gift Lab, right? Gift Lab is like literally a site where people are looking for things to buy at this moment. Personal finance. People are, it's literally your money, right? Which is, makes it a catch 22 and that like Google hate, <laughs> Google comes down harder on money sites that talk about money. But, uh, you know, your affiliate revenue was insane off of those clicks you would send to your, to your people. So examples of ones that are bad that I see a lot of people do are like quotes or blah, 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 net worth. Yeah. Or like how to insert really like simple thing described with an image, like how to write a check, you know? Like yes. No one's buying anything after they Google how to write a check. They're looking at your image, they're saying, ah, that's where this goes, and then they're moving on. Right, right. You can, let's say it's in your niche, you can cover that if it's like a one, two, because whatever. A lot of people search for it and you'll, you'll make money off it. Like I have quotes that are relevant, like quote articles relevant to my niche on each of my sites because thousands of people search for them, but the RPMs are super bad. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I actually thought about like, I should make a quote site. There's so many, like, you know, you, you pop in quotes for whatever in Ahrefs and they're, the list is insane, right? Like low competition, everything has thousands of searches, but uh, there's actually some very good quote sites out there. Like some that, you know, they have hundreds and people can submit them and you can upvote and downvote them. And it's like, I'm not going to like try to beat this. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, there were many times where, like I had this like partial quote in my head. I want to remember what the quote was. I have like mm. some of the words or I know the person who did it, you know, and if, if you like search for like quotes by Benjamin Franklin, say, um, there's no real good lists like that, like that are enumerated, deduped, mm. you know. Uh, I wound up like finding my answers on like Pinterest and stuff through images that I can't even copy the text from. Really? Anyways, yeah. Mm. All right. So my next one uh, is about the market. Is the niche or the market growing? And the, the thesis is that perfect execution in a bad niche will not be a successful business, but reasonably bad execution in an excellent niche will make you a lot of money. And so an example, personal finance, 
fashion, pets, electronics, electric vehicles. Like these are areas that are just growing so quickly and so large that you could be a little tiny non-existent bug in one of these markets and earn a lot of money. And an example of bad ones, and I was actually having trouble. And my wife and I could really not find any, but it was like tobacco, fax machines, Walkmen, Pogs. You know, I was looking up baseball cards, and it's like there's a reinsurgence, but the long-term trend is like way down. You know, things that where you can create a card, a trading card site. You know, maybe there's a bit of a reinsurgence, but like the market winds are against you, and so. It's just going to be really hard. You have to like eat the whole niche to even do well. I like that. That's a good one. I don't have that on my list, but it 100% should. And you know, you might like, that's a good one because I might search for something and be like, oh man, like nobody is writing anything about, like you, you mentioned Walkmans. That's a great example. Like no one's writing content about Walkmans. All these things are three years old. Well, it's because it's a dying industry, right? No one... No one has a Walkman. So you could be like thinking, oh, there's a ton of opportunity here, but you need to like zoom out and say, is that because this is like a dying search category or whatever? Yeah. Well, like, will it be dead in a few years? Right. You know, let it die peacefully. <laughs> Start with <laughs> Don't <something else. laughs> touch it. Just leave it alone. <laughs> All right. My next one. Uh, so this is, I think, very relevant with the rise of chat GPT and AI content just getting better and better. Uh, I like to find niches that require some level of expertise. So either a subject matter expert or a hobbyist, because I want to avoid something that anyone, you know, I could go find any decent writer on Upwork and they could, you know, examples, lifestyle, you mentioned, you know, like home goods, things that like are just, you don't really need expertise. It's just, you can write about it. Like even I would even say cooking recipe sites like those feel almost like anyone can do them. There's no real, there is some, I, I shouldn't say there's no expertise there, but I'm trying to Your think chicken of chicken cordon blue recipe will not add to the conversation, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I'm trying to find something where it's, it's really hard for the AI to like really know the subject and have the nuance that a person who has expertise can like, talk about that's that's one of my selection criteria now i absolutely agree i had it like slightly worded differently but i said uh something that isn't commoditized information hmm. like two super examples say are like sports scores or the weather yeah where one like ai will eat that there's really you know google will answer that you know it needs to be deeper um do you think gif lab technically violates this this rule so what we believe with gift lab is that it's a curation play and that uh we believe that our taste level is good or better than the people that are competing with us and so we're winning because our taste level is better okay all right if that is still true if you believe we even have a good taste, that's a whole nother thing. But like when we create it, we're like, this is, these are so bad. Like, you know, um, if you look for like gifts for a three-year-old boy, I have a three-year-old boy, mm -hmm. didn't realize this when I didn't have a three-year-old boy, but now I know really what are good gifts and what are just not good gifts. Like if, does it have wheels? No wheels. He doesn't want it. That's it. You know, car, truck, boat, truck, whatever as long as there are wheels he'll like it so you know 
if you have some experience in it or you can bring someone in. You guys also, to your credit, you guys also like look at what sells and what doesn't and like take, remove the things that don't, meaning people don't think this is a, the intent here or whatever, like it's a good match versus the things that sell a lot of you guys are like, you know, moving those around, moving them up. So it's the best things that are going to be the most relevant for that audience are at the highest. So I don't think a lot of people do that either. It's like really analyze purchases to, to, to make the list up. We know like we, we start with a decent guess, but really like the mass of the internet will vote on our behalf and tell right. us. Right. All right. What do you got next? Um, I have one. Uh, so things that you feel like have an opening, something you believe you can do better. And so I don't think it's fair to compare yourself against like the New York Times or any of these sites. Like I'll never beat them. But there's 10 results for every search term. And, and there's a lot of things that aren't just these huge, big head terms, you know, that are long tail. Um, and say uh, you were looking at um, shoes. Uh, recently, Gail um, from Authority Hacker tweeted uh, this site. It's called um, The Hoops Geek. And they go to ridiculous level detail on shoes and show all the purchasing options, breaking down. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful site. And so the thing is, like, shoes have been done and done and done and done. And granted, they niched it into basketball, but still, it, you know, but they just took it to such a level. They realized, like, the shopping experience sucks, um, you know, whether it's comparisons, colors, where you can buy it. And so they delivered something that is far better than honestly what Amazon provides for stuff like this. And so it's not like you have to create that, you know, day one, but ultimately you need some angle where you think you can be better. I agree. That's a good one. Uh, another example is the one I talked about earlier, the quote site, right? Like I thought about potentially getting into a site that just has a bunch of quotes on different topics, but, and I uncovered this site that like literally covers every single one and it's like, uh, you know, user-generated content in a way that people can upvote and downvote things. So you get the best quotes at the top, people downvote stuff, it, it moves to the bottom. So like, that was a perfect example, right? Everyone's just creating these static ones and they came in and created this, this nice interactive one and brought something new to the table that no one else was. A similar thing with music lyrics. I forget the name of the site that kind of like sourced it from people like fans and you know uh people can then like select lines and say what they think the meaning is of mm. that line and so it's like music lyrics is so commoditized i mean you almost don't need to google it but if you have like another level you know maybe it's worth it yeah yeah uh and it's it we're talking about like almost the delivery of it right it's, it's easy to be like oh there's a bunch of bad content on this topic but like that's so vague. Like I'm just going to make 10 X better content than what's here. But <laughs> to like actually think like, no, I'm going to completely change the look and feel and like delivery mechanism of how people usually see these. I think that's, that's kind of a way to wedge in. My next one is my last one that we, you know, you covered a couple of mine as well. So once I've found a niche that meets all the other criteria, I need to find a keyword cluster to get started. Like that has decent volume, a bunch of variations of things. Uh, 
let's call it like you just brought up the the basketball site, right? Like best basketball shoes for wide feet, for jumping, for centers, for guards, all those things where I can just find immediately a bunch of low difficulty, high enough traffic where I can just boom, get started. I got my first 20 to 40 content pieces just ready to go. Like for me, I need to find something where I, I just have a bunch of clusters and I can, I can get started right away. That's like a, a big thing for me. Yeah. If you don't see a path forward, yeah. um, you know, uh, not that I'm the biggest fan of this guy, but you know, James Ultrasher. Yeah. The, the dude with name. the curly fro for New York guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, before I started listening to my matters, you know, and I was like reading all these things and trying to figure out, he has this idea where you, you take this pad and you use a waiter's pad and you just, you would just write down all his ideas or you try and come up with ideas and you just write them, write them down. And so when I started, it was just like lists upon lists of like what I would, would I do personal finance or, you know, whatever, some other topic. And then, you know, what would you even write about if you were in there? What would you create? And I think you almost have to like get the first three layers of garbage off before you mm-hmm. can start to get to some like decent things. Um, and if you can't get three layers of bad off, you certainly there's no good. There's just not enough there. Like you have to, you have to almost let it flow. Yeah, there has to be a yeah. flow. And I put this one further down because I think the other things we've mentioned are just they need to be met first because you can find things that have a like awesome keyword clusters, tons of variation, no difficulty. But then again, it's like. I'll bring the quotes. I know I'm murdering the, the quotes example, but like that's just one where, you know, I don't see a, a wedge where I can create something unique or different where my site would stand out from the others. So I'm not even going to continue on. Um, I have no more, but, but I will add in one more okay. from experience that, that happened uh, later. Um, can you even create things on this topic? For example, if you were writing about things recovering from, you know, say say you suffered from cancer and you were talking about the experience and recovering and this and that, or you feel like you have some knowledge through personal experience, you're not a doctor, so you just can't write about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was personal finance. I have no three-letter acronym after my name, and you know, I have earned a lot, spent a lot, learned a lot, talked to experts. Doesn't. It's not the same thing as being a fiduciary, for example. And so it's one of those problems where I can either go and get a CPA and write about it or choose something else. I I would even just expand that to say, don't create a, is not your money, your life. That that's like another checklist (laughs) item for me. It just, man, Google is like cutthroat in anything money or health related. And I mean, for the rest of like Healthline and Investopedia will eat your lunch all day. Like you just have, you have Mm -hmm. no chance. You know, um, (laughs) we were talking about like niche growing and stuff. I read this book, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Okay. And, uh, you know, whatever you think about the guy um, and all of the weird dumb things that he does, um, he has like some really good ideas. He is a smart guy and and he really talks about... um, avoiding competition and how like competition it just is like a race to the bottom zero margins and so like you said with investopedia and stuff if there's if there's like 
fierce, fierce competition there. Like, why enter the fray? Go somewhere where no one's looking. Right. At least when it comes to Google, because Google is a zero-sum game. I think for, like, Mm. service businesses, that's less relevant advice. Like, you know, that guy's sweaty startup, Nick Huber, on, uh, on Twitter, he talks about, like, go into niches, go into service businesses that have tons of competition, but your competition is running their business like it's 1970, using fax machines, not picking up the phone. So I think certain businesses, totally, you can have an awesome business going after things that, you know, there's a lot of competition, but no one's doing it well. But for Google, you know, zero-sum game, way, way harder. I I have one um, idea just just to like really drag drag this closing out uh, <laughs> a lot, I've seen a lot of sites come coming into lasso or just in general um that are hyper localized mm. I was thinking because the service business you said where um when I was in Hoboken uh there was a site that was created while I was there uh hobokengirl.com and then everything about Hoboken and the surrounding area you know whether it was reviews of restaurants or this or that was just there. And I'm seeing a lot of people do, you know, whether it's like um, Quebec or just cities or towns or locales, um, there's so little competition mm. at the local level. Um, your borough, your your county, uh, that may be ripe for a site. You might not even do that good content, honestly. <laughs> I think so. And, and you'll... I mean, anytime someone searches for anything near me, Google should pick you up and and show you for that. I mean, it's with restaurants, it's a little bit hard, right? Like restaurants near me, like Yelp has done a pretty amazing job with SEO on those. But like, I still think you're right. I think like if you can just hone in on a locale, you have awesome reviews and like you, you know, you visited 10 restaurants or 10 whatever pet grooming places and you're talking about your experiences with those, I think it'll show up for a ton of, of local stuff. Hopefully you pick a, a locale that's big enough, right? If it's like some place in middle of nowhere with a population size of 3000, you're probably, <laughs> probably not going to do too well, but, uh, yeah. Like if you're in Wyoming, you may need to do the state of Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, let's wrap this one up there. If you missed anything or you want to check out what we talked about, check out the show notes below in the description or wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, make sure you connect with Andrew and I on Twitter, Andy Phoebe and Emil Shore. And we will catch you all in the next episode. Talk to you later. Later, man. We're seeking profit. We're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking profit.